Hello, hello everyone, and welcome to Star Trek Aristotle, a Star Trek Adventures actual play set in the original series era. My name is ELH, the Game Master, and after a month off, I'm excited to finally get back to this game. We kind of left off on a cliffhanger, and I do apologize for that, but you know, health issues and life issues and just scheduling in general have kind of been kicking our asses. But uh, hopefully moving forward, we will be on a more consistent schedule. Uh, other than that, uh, I'm excited to get into play, so let's have everybody do introductions, and then we'll get started proper. So, uh, Shizno, anything going on with you and who you playing? I'm trying to think if anything's going on with me. No, nothing's going on, but I'm playing Captain Waylon Cullen, uh, an eccentric, fun-loving, big teddy bear of a man. Uh, hopefully, that's what he comes across as. Other than that, uh... Yeah, that's it. Okay. Uh, Krell, what do you got going on? Hey, uh, nothing going on on my end, out of the ordinary. Um, I'm playing Lieutenant Commander Krell, Chief Engineer. And uh, that's all for me to this week. All right. Thestral? Oh, yeah, I'm playing Thestral. Uh, hey, <laughs> my name's Arwen. Uh, I'm playing the Aristotle's communications officer, linguist, and de facto science officer, uh, Lieutenant Thestral. And nothing going on here. And certainly last but not least, Minetti. Hey there, folks. Um, Gray here, uh, playing Lieutenant Junior Grade Minetti, um, security chief on board the uh, Aristotle. Um, nothing to announce uh, this week other than I know Kung Fu. Okay. Well, on that note of knowing Kung Fu, let's run the intro video and then we'll get started. And welcome back. So, since this is a two-parter, I have asked one of the players to do a supplemental log, and we'll fill in the details as needed. But I do want to say that it's likely that some of the NPCs might have different accents, and that the story might be changing a few details in retconning, just because it has literally been a month of play. A uh, month without play, I should say. Um, but Thestral, I believe you have the supplemental? Is that correct? Uh, yeah. Oh, do I? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see here. Uh, communication officers log supplemental. We have changed course from Garib 3 to meet with USS Sabine after a small subspace anomaly appeared in one of our cargo bays and connected our ships together. The anomaly smells of sulfur and is acting as a portal between our two ships. So far, one civilian passenger and one unit of livestock have been transported through it. Our captain's working theory is that the anomalies and their placement are intentional, a notion supported by the telepathic vision I experienced when I was in close proximity to it. I saw four large arches around a dome facility on a barren landscape. Intriguing, yes, but also alarming. 
Within the arches were two subspace displacements large enough for a ship the size of the Aristotle or the Sabine to pass through. We have identified a nearby class Y planet, also called Demon class, designated as Charon 22H3 as the likeliest location for these arches. Unfortunately, the makeshift communication structure that I established through the anomaly has been interrupted. Our last contact from the Sabine was that they had experienced something that shook their hull and prompted them to go to red alert. I have returned to the bridge to reestablish contact with the Sabine as well as conduct further scans of the Charon system. Captain Cullen has ordered Lieutenant Commander Krell back to main engineering to boost our speed, while Lieutenant, Man Lieutenant Manetti and his security staff establish a secure perimeter around the portal and evacuate the deck. Why did I have to become such good friends so quickly with someone from security? I already worry enough about my crewmates without. <sighs> anyway, he has a good head on his shoulders. We live in a humbling universe, one that reminds us constantly how little is under our control. And we have a job to do. No point engaging in useless worry. Someday, I might actually learn that lesson. All we can hope for now is that the crew of the Sabine are safe and that if we get out of this alive, that maybe, just maybe, there might be a first contact opportunity that comes from all of this. End log. You may have a momentum for that opening log. And chat gave you momentum earlier, so you should be up to four momentum total by my count. Um, Thank you, but uh, what we're going to do is we're actually going to skip ahead in the narrative uh, to you all arriving at the Charon 22H3 system. Um, so in the meantime, Minetti, Krell, Thestral, Cullen, you've had a chance to basically compare notes, get everything reinforced or otherwise ready um, for your arrival. And when you arrive, I think it's only natural that Thestral, you're probably going to do a sensor scan. So I'm just going to beat you to the punch here. Um, you notice two things immediately about the class Y demon planet. Um, my research indicates that a demon class planet doesn't typically have a known look like there's lots of demon class planets with yellow atmospheres like Venus. There's a lot that have red atmospheres. There's a lot that have blue atmospheres. This one is green. And I mean like a sickly toxic green. Um, and your sensors are really having trouble piercing through the atmosphere, but you are able, uh, and it's kind of intermittent, but you are able to detect that there is a Federation ship, possibly the Sabine, uh, somewhere in the northern hemisphere. Like, you're not able to get a visual on it, or you're not able to get a targeted scan, but you can at least detect that the type of metal used in a Federation starship hull is present on the planet somewhere in the northern hemisphere. So it's in the atmosphere of the northern hemisphere? Somewhere, yes. Okay. Uh, Captain, the, uh, the scans that I run are coming through now. Um, it's interesting. Metallurgy uh, suggests that there is a possible match to a Federation ship somewhere in the atmosphere of the Northern Hemisphere of this uh, of Charon 22H3. And I don't think uh, the, the scanners are, sh are registering the uh, EM signatures in the visual spectrum of green. Um, otherwise, I'm having a difficult time getting through any kind of other scans. I'd like to try to hail them. See if we can get communications established with them. I'll work on that, sir. And then I activate my um, 
uh, sound dampening uh, field around my station so that, you know, my plate of calls, my plate of repeated calls for contact with the, uh, um, with the Sabine don't annoy all the other people on the uh, bridge. Okay. So Thestral is repeatedly trying to contact the Sabine to no effect so far. Uh, what are the rest of you doing? I figure I'm probably in main engineering, doing main engineering stuff, uh, keeping the engines hot and ready. Um, perhaps make, just keeping an eye on our systems uh, to make sure that nothing uh, nefarious and untoward is happening. All right. And then uh, Madetti is currently with his security team um, with the cargo bay lockdown, um, just monitoring, making sure things don't get any worse than they already are. Uh, don't want the, the subspace rip getting any bigger. Okay. Well, it just so happens that I have threat to do this, so I'm actually going to spend two threat to say that as you're sort of situated inside and outside uh, the cargo bay where the subspace vacuole is, the moment you arrive in system and enter into orbit of 22H3, the vacuole sort of pops like a bubble. And there's kind of an emission of sulfur, and then you no longer detect that the miniature wormhole, that subspace vacuole, is, it's gone. Like, there's no trace of it anywhere. Um, after... A, a brief moment of inner panic. Manetti will um, get over the comms and in a very confused voice say, um, Captain? There seems to be a problem. I guess it's a problem. I, I assume it's a problem. Go ahead. The, uh, the, the subspace vacuole, um, it, it kind of popped like a zit. Well, that's an image to have. <laughs> Everyone okay down there? Um, Nettie will look around at, at the crew, make sure everybody's still okay and all that, and nobody got messed up or anything. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, aside from the momentary uh, scent of rotten eggs, uh, everything's fine here. It uh, it smells something awful down here, sir, but other than that, we're okay. Okay. We'll get scans read and readouts. Let's see if um, if it's actually gone or if it just, uh, it's going to come back. Just be careful around that area. Yes, sir. And uh, Manetti will will get on the horn to uh, some of the science boys because, I mean, I assume my people can take some of the readings, but for for more advanced readings, we probably need science personnel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So as this is all happening, uh, Thestral, we return to you for a moment as you do get a Peyton back, but it's not a Federation ping back. In fact, it's an alien ping back of a language that the Universal Translator is unable to parse, but you are able to determine the location source. And when you direct your sensors on the bridge towards that source, you do detect that there is a Class M atmosphere in a dome. 
Captain, we're getting an alien content, uh, uh, alien uh, hail. Uh, language unrecognized by the Universal Translator as of yet, although I intend to start uh, decrypting that. Um, Class M atmosphere detected in the, within a dome structure on the planet's surface. All right. Sunbecker reply, standard Federation greeting. Very good, sir. I will do that. All right. Do I need to roll? Uh, now you're for momentum, no need to roll. Um, I would say what happens is you send off the standard Federation greeting and you get a reply in the alien language, but even though you have no idea what they're saying, what they also transmit as an attachment is unmistakably a flight plan that leads you down supposedly to this dome through the atmosphere. Captain, we're getting additional data um, from our, our uh, universal greetings response. Uh, it looks like uh, a flight plan. Um, with your permission, I'll put it up on the main viewer. Go ahead. Do that. And yeah, as far as anyone on the bridge is able to tell, looks like your standard, you know, atmosphere entry and then bringing you into the safety of the dome to uh, prevent your hull from decaying from the Class Y atmosphere. Now, is this a flight plan for the ship or for a shuttle? I think that silence speaks for itself. Oh, did I make that pick up? No, no, no. Though that was a very, uh, that was a very poignant science. I think the answer, silence. I think the answer is nobody knows. Now that we're in orbit, can we do a close scan of the yes. planet surface? And this will definitely be a task. Uh, if it's you doing it, Thestral, it's a reason in science. The Aristotle okay. will assist you with a sensor science. Uh, difficulty on this is probably going to be a three. Uh, but if you want to specifically scan the flight plan, that would be a reason con and a sensors con instead. So I would like to... I wasn't necessarily thinking about the uh, flight plan right now. Okay. Um, uh, so I'd like to do the reason science and do a planetary scan and get more information about the dome structure and whatnot. Um, and you said it's a difficulty three. So mm -hmm. with everyone's permission, I'd like to spend one momentum. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sure. And then yeah. how many dice does the ship roll again? It's a, is it two as well or one? I can't Just remember. Just one and it always has a but focus. But they always have a focus, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Excuse me for a second. Uh, using, and do I have a focus for this? Probably not. No, it doesn't look like I do. Um, it's been a while since I've looked at this character sheet. Apologies. Literally 41 days, according to Foundry. 42. Oh, yeah. Or one hour. But, yeah. Three hours. Yeah. All right. Uh, the meaning days. of life. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see how I do. Three All successes. Right, well, Thestral gets no the three support on their the own. There you go. Very nice. All right. So, Thestral, uh, you are able to actually get a visual now that you know where to look and how to look. You get a visual of the dome. And, yeah, as it was in your vision, it's a fairly sizable dome, maybe uh, two or three kilometers across. So, 
pretty big, all things considered. Small town, small city inside. Um, there are metallic skyscrapers that uh, sort of taper off towards the exterior of the ring. And of course, since it is a dome, the closer you get to the center, the taller the buildings are. You do see the four arches. Um, however, instead of the two arches being active, um, you see that they are inactive and the Sabine, such as it is, is currently located in the dome itself, uh, currently being suspended above one of the tallest spires uh, within the dome uh, by what looks to be three or four tractor beams coming from the cardinal directions. Uh, Captain, I think you're going to want to see this. Um, I found the Sabine, and I'll throw the imaging on the monitor. I'll do a split screen with the flight display. All right. Hail them. I want to talk with them directly, or I'll at least again, broadcast to them. I'll try again, sir. I'd also like to work on translating this language, um, but I'll hail them first. All right. You hail them again, and uh, neither the Sabine nor the aliens respond. Is is it? Are they receiving it? Do I know if they're receiving it, or I is mean, there something in the planetary environment that's not letting us get through? As far as your instruments tell, they should be receiving. Captain, I've tried hailing multiple times. Their instrument, their uh, their arrays are active. They should be receiving. Uh, for right. some reason, they're not responding. That's fine. Just open frequencies. I want to talk with them. Channel open, sir. This is Captain Whalen Cullen of the USS Aristotle. You're holding one of our vessels. Please confirm their safety as soon as you're able to. I know that we're not able to understand each other right now, but I'm hoping that you can understand me. I would like to know or have communications established with the Sabine to ensure that they are safe. Calling out. You send that message out. You wait a good three, four, five minutes and nothing comes back. Captain, with your permission, I'd like to get started on translating this language. And uh, if I remember correctly, Lieutenant Minetti has some linguistics experience. Uh, perhaps he can assist me. No, I want Minetti to do a structural analysis of this dome. Find Very any weak sir. points. Very good, sir. I'll manage. I'll, I'll carry on. Well, Minetti, sounds like uh, you have something in your wheelhouse to do. Um, just looking at your focuses here. Let's see. I mean, technically, shipboard tactical systems would apply because you're looking for structural weaknesses and you would know where to shoot with a phaser. So that would apply here. Uh, yeah. Let me see. So let's do and we're going to we're going to rope in Krell for this one as well, because they're the engineer. Mm -hmm. uh, Minetti, if you can roll me a reason and security. And then Krell, you can assist with a reason engineering. Um, the overall difficulty on this will be a four. All righty. You guys okay with me using a uh, momentum here? Yep. Giggle. And 
Assist is roll one. Roll dice. one, and right. if you have a focus, okay. it applies. All right, here goes. Oof. I do not see one success with a complication. <laughs> <laughs> I do not see a focus that would apply. Right. Unfortunately, so. All right, so here's what you have option wise, Minetti. Um, you could use your determination here to reroll as many of those dice as you wish, not Krell's, but any of yours. Otherwise, if you don't spend your determination, that's going to be a failure and a complication. So if, if I use the determination, do I get to uh, reroll two dice? Is that it? As many in your pool as you would like, uh, which means well, technically I... you could reroll the 11 if you wanted to, but it's you could leave it as is if if you wanted. Yeah, I think it's safer to leave it as is rather than trying to crit fish with it. <laughs> Gotta ask yeah, Shizno. Shizno re- loves crit it... fishing. <laughs> if, if I could use it to... Uh... To get rid of that complication potentially, then I think that's worth it. Um, let me remove that from my sheet real quick. Yeah, all I need to know is which value are you applying to this situation? Hmm. Which one fits best? I'd probably believe, uh, um, doesn't believe in a no win. I, I was almost thinking because they have the other ship captive or possibly captive we don't know starfleet is my family might be applicable because he's concerned for the other crew yeah i think that would work all right and how do i uh, do a re-roll with the determination is there a specific way to do that or do i just have to just do it manually yeah okay Let's do it with two this time. Okay. Okay. So, so the good three news total is successes. you are up to three successes now, which means I can offer you a success with a complication. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so what you're going to notice is between Minetti and Krell with you two working together on this, um, the dome is actually fairly sturdy, all things considered. I mean, obviously it has to be sturdy to a point to survive on a Class Y demon planet where the atmosphere and the ground and pretty much everything wants to kill all living life. Um, But with your success, you are able to tell that there are, look to be several places along the surface of the dome in which it's meant to open up and a force field would contain it, similar to a shuttle bay. Um, where it can open up and something can fly in or out. Same thing happens with this dome, but that's probably how the Sabine got in there as part of this dome opened up and it flew through. However, the complication I'm going to say is that when you make these scans and when you uh, and, you know run the analysis, um, a energy field goes up around the dome, very similar to a traditional shield. Ooh. Okay. So they didn't like that. <laughs> uh, but I says, uh, Captain, I completed scans. It seems like there are ways through the bubble, as it were. But Shortly after I began my scan, it seems that they 
enacted some sort of uh, shielding protocol to to cover up those uh, entrances. Is it is it covering over the whole of the whole dome or just over the entrances, like kind of like a door? If you give me a momentum, I will answer that question. Ooh, what do you think, guys? Is it worth worth the spend? <laughs> Everybody's momentum for for just my role. <laughs> oh, it's okay. We'll build it. All right, let's go for it. Down to to one momentum. All right. In that case, uh, the force field is pretty comprehensive, covering most of the dome. But the keyword there is most. There is a spot on the southern side near the arch where you might be able to fit a shuttle through. Mm. It does seem, at a second glance, Captain, that, that there is a, a small slip, a, a crack in the shield, somewhere near the, uh, you said the south arch? Yep. Somewhere near the south arch that is just wide enough that I feel like we can fit a shuttle through. But as it currently stands, I don't... I don't believe it's safe to try and test the Aristotle against those shields. Okay. Well. Let's assume that they're being nice. And uh, we'll take our shuttle down following their flight plan. But... You give your information to the commander, and if anything does go wrong, she has the ability to uh, follow through with what you found. Or at least make an attempt. Seems reasonable. Any progress on that language? It's a good question. How am I doing on the language? How would How do we address this? Um, I'm going to say this is one of those situations where you could spend 10 days, a month on this language and wouldn't make any headway. It's just so alien and so indistinct, like there's no commonality that the Universal Translator and even your knowledge is able to pick up on that it's going to take a while, a long while. Okay. So I mean, to, to give a contemporary example, it would be like taking you in the real world and putting you back in like ancient Babylonia, like reading ancient Sumerian. So it's going to be like a learn by doing kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I probably need to see them speak it so I can see context. Probably. So I can start to piece it together. Or use it. Okay. A slight suggestion that may or may not help but I figured I'd mention it. If they are advanced enough to have these shielding technologies to be able to protect themselves from these, these horrible environments on their planet, they have to have at least a elementary knowledge of maths. We could potentially use simplified maths as a form of communication. We could do that. 
Uh, I can I can set up. Uh, I mean, that's that's pretty standard with our universal greeting, though, Mr. Minetti, um, is to is to put in prime numbers and whatnot. Um, it's an interesting idea. Uh, I'll keep it in mind. Um, meta at a game. I just mm -hmm. want to make sure, since this tangentially at least applies, is my the talent I get for my role as communications officer mm -hmm. is when a task attempted by the communication officer is increased in difficulty because of an unfamiliar language or encryption, ignore that difficulty increase. Yeah. Unfortunately, okay. this particular language is outside of that. So it is something I'm keeping in mind. And to put a, I guess, a finer point on it right now, it's a difficulty six role, um, which is technically means it's impossible. You don't, you can't attempt it kind of a thing. Um, mm -hmm. if you were to go down there, for example, or create an advantage to make it easier, bringing it down from a difficulty six to a difficulty five, you could then attempt it because a difficulty five is something you can attempt. But right now it's one of those, like you need a trait, you need an advantage, you need more information, you know, that sort of thing. All right. So one, so going down there will contribute to creating an advantage that I then can parlay into attempting it potentially yes potentially all right um and i could potentially help you with uh i mean i have xenolinguistics and also uh behavioral analysis i mean i imagine behavioral analysis helps a little bit when it comes to trying to understand where people are coming from oh yeah and i have that makes sense i have at least be able to tell if they're pissed off at us or not <laughs> right Right, absolutely. And I have linguistics and xenoanthropology as focuses. So between the two of us. Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like at least us two need to be on the show. <laughs> yeah. Captain, this is one of those cases where the language is uh, well beyond the universal translator. And it's going to be one of those hopefully not too laborious processes where I'll need to observe um, the uh, the individuals in question utilizing it in order to be able to establish a common syllabary and a common frame of reference for me to begin cracking at this. You know, you can just say you want to be part of the away team. Well, that would be a lie, sir. <laughs> hmm. Well, it sounds like you're volunteering for the role. Minetti, you're going to provide as a Nice protection. And we should get uh, imagine, Lieutenant Commander uh, Krell to uh, help if uh, the Sabine needs any assistance or, or any repairs. An extra hair, pair of hands will help with that. I definitely concur. And I think and, uh, Commander uh, River uses that opportunity to say, and let me guess, sir, you're going on this away team too, leaving me in command. Oh, that sounds like a terrific idea. You know what? I agree. Thank you, Commander River. Yeah. You have the bridge. Yeah. Yeah. She just rolls her eyes and settles into the chair once you vacate it. But yeah. Um, all right. So you all are flying down in a shuttle. Good, good, good. I only have one question. Who's flying? Probably Manetti. I feel like. And unless anybody else is an ace pilot, <laughs> I have a two in con. <laughs> yeah, I think Minetti has the highest con. 
Yeah, Minetti, you have the highest con at four. So I know how to build ships, not fly them. Yeah. All right. Well, Minetti, second question. Are you following the flight plan or are you just beelining for that uh, break in the shield? Um, I feel like that's a question I need to ask my superior officer. I don't think I can make that decision on my own. So he'll 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 ask uh, Captain. Should we attempt to follow the flight path and see where that leads us, or should we just be line for the entrance? We're going to follow the flight path and hope that these uh, entities are friendly. Maybe something happened and they pulled us a bean to keep them safe. We don't know. I don't want to assume the worst, but uh, we'll assume the best for now. All right, Sunday driving it is. And Minetti will, you know, assume a very normal, non-erratic <laughs> flight path following the exact track, basically up to the point that we can. Um, yeah, that changes it hoping that a... they'll open the, uh, the window, but if not, then we might have to figure something else out. Right, right. So that uh, that's going to change it from a daring to a control. Uh, not that it matters. I think you have a 10 in both. Uh, but yeah. it's going to be a control and a con and a difficulty of two. And to even give you more help, if someone wants to open the Play-Doh, the Class F shuttle in uh, in the folder there, the Play-Doh will assist you with a engines and con. All right. Uh, all right. I see one success. So again, it was difficulty two. Let me check your talents. You don't have a talent that would apply here. Um, so, mm-hmm. and you're at a determination, which means we have two options. One, uh, actually, I guess there's three options. One, uh, success with a complication. Two, you just outright fail. Or three, you challenge a value, which means you cross out that value and replace it later after the session's over. Um, but that would give Ooh. you a point of determination back. Jeez. Uh, are you guys okay with a complication? <laughs> Always. Makes life interesting. At least currently, I want to keep these values. <laughs> Maybe not in the future, but at least currently. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I guess I'll, I'll succeed at a cost. Succeeding at a cost. All right, so here's what happens. is you follow the flight plan down, and you follow it very well, very orderly. Uh, but when you arrive at the spot on the dome where the flight plan leads into the dome, uh, what's going to happen is the dome opens up physically, and then the shielding drops for just a split second, But in that split second, a tractor beam lances out from one of the spires, one of the skyscrapers within the dome, and lurches, almost like snatches the shuttle out of the air and drags it into the dome. And what I'm going to need from everybody in the shuttle is a fitness and a con at a difficulty of one. Okay. And this is to represent uh, you getting banged around in the shuttle and basically to see if you take an injury or not. Um, I don't know if it applies before the roll or not, but I do reduce the cost 
of an avoided injury thing. Um, okay, I'll keep that in mind. Uh, looks like Colin uh, and Krell got two, so you're up to three momentum there. Uh, Manetti gets two, so you're up to four. Nice. So, Thestral, can you do the same? Yeah, I'm working on it. Sorry, I was taking notes. No, Thestral does even better. Three Thestral gets seven. three. So you're now at six momentum. Well done. So despite the uh, shuttle throwing being thrown about violently uh, as it's dragged inside the dome, you all manage to avoid injury uh, and any stress damage as the shuttle is more or less forced to land uh, in what is essentially a city square. And the tractor beam basically disengages, but before the shuttle can lift off, these great metallic clamps that were embedded into the ground. And I like you to imagine, like, take New York City and put it in the dome, so kind of like asphalt streets and things like that. Um, Previously hidden, like, metal prongs uh, come up out of the street and lock the shuttle in place, so it's not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, But you are on the ground. There is a Class M atmosphere outside, You don't see any people or aliens, but what you do see is very confusing. And what I mean by that is you see bundles of cloth, like clothing. And these bundles of cloth are just resting in various places in this city square, kind of haphazardly laid out. And as you're looking at them... Maybe that belonged to someone at some point, but again, no sign of life, nothing on sensors in terms of life forms except up in the Sabine. And the Sabine is above you, still suspended in the tractor beam. Um, but just, I'd like to imagine just a city square with bundles of cloth everywhere. Adam's going to remark about that turbulence. He's just going to say, like, oh, I feel like one of those. Pudding cups they used to hand out on those 757s from the uh, intercontinental flights. Ooh. Good landing, though. Or flying. Whatever you want. Landing uh, may, may not have been the issue so much as taking back off again, but I suppose we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Hmm. Before we exit, do we need to talk about any gear that we uh, brought with us? What kind of gear did you want to bring? Uh, well, I was thinking things that would help me, um, like a like an external universal translator, you know, like a beefier version. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, so that, like my communications tricorder, basically. Okay. Minetti would have made sure everybody suits. All right. And then I think, uh, Krell, you're an engineer, so you automatically get an engineering tricorder, so that comes standard. Mm-hmm. Fancy. All right. The only equipment the captain needs is his wits and his charming smile. And his cane. What about his cane? Did he bring his cane? <laughs> and he brought his cane. <laughs> he brought his cane. <laughs> All right, just making sure. All right, well, with that in mind, do you disembark the shuttle? Uh, Class M atmosphere, you said, right? Correct. Any uh, pathogen, bacteria need to be worried about there, Thestral? Uh, Scanning now, Captain. All right. Uh, Thestral, no roll required. It's breathable. No pathogens, no viruses, no biologic material of any kind, strangely enough. What about radiation? 
Uh, no radiation. That's being kept up by the dome. Mm. Looks pretty uh, clean, Captain. Nothing going to uh, make you realize you want to visit Jersey? <laughs> you know, Captain, I speak dozens of languages, but you are the first person I met in a while other than these aliens that completely befuddle me with their with what they say. Perfect. Jersey's where I'm from back on Earth. That's true. <laughs> Is that right? Okay. Yeah, it's, um, uh, it's, it's on the east coast of, of the United States, or what used to be the United States. It sounds like a, uh, an, a, a magical and an exotic place. Very urban. Oh. Early 21st Not century. Greenery around. <laughs> Dan, yes, though. Well, back in the day. I like well, to picture that Jersey is this Jersey in the 25th century is just the 24th is just the same as the 21st. Yeah. <laughs> just, uh, you know, mobsters and, and butcher shops. Hey, I was raised in South New Jersey and it is not like that. <laughs> Every millennium Jersey in this world ages just one year. Yep. <laughs> All right, well, sounds like you're leaving the shuttle with your equipment. You step out in the atmosphere, perfectly breathable, no weird sense, no weird feeling on your skin, nothing of the sort to be alarmed about. But again, just a lot of bundles of cloth just haphazardly strewn about the place. The air. How does it smell? Um, the best example I can give is it smells like it's been recycled. And it's a tricky thing to describe because I don't think anyone here besides myself has been on an actual submarine before. Am I incorrect? I have haven't not been yet. on a submarine, but never like an active submarine or anything like that. <laughs> like I've, I've visited like a display submarine. <laughs> right. Cause it's, it's one of those things where I, uh, I got to go on tiger cruises a few times with my dad and uh, a submarine underway has a very distinct smell to the air and you wouldn't notice it unless you knew to smell for it, which sounds weird, but it's just this slight tinge that tells you it's been recycled for a while. Hmm. Good old recycled chip air. Mm -hmm. Love it. <laughs> So Recirculated gonna... skin particles. Oh, yes. Nice. I mean, that's where uh, the flavor comes from. <laughs> the spice of life, one would say. Oh, my God, you too. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to kneel down. I'm going to ignore that because that's a lot to unpack. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to kneel down with my tricorder closer to one of these bundles of cloth and uh, try to get more information. Also, I'm going to summon Opus over so I can see through Opus's eyes. Okay. Um, I have to co coax Opus out of the shuttle because he's a little shy. Um, and he'll land on my shoulder and uh, we'll take a look at this uh, cloth. Okay. Well, would you look at that? Someone's redeemed a complication. Um, all right. I know what the complication is going to be. But uh, first, if you could give me a reason and a science at a difficulty of three. And I'm looking at your focuses here to see if any would apply. 
I believe that your xenoanthropology focus would apply here. Thank you. I think so too. Um, and you said the you said the difficulty's three. Yep. All right, I'm definitely going to spend the momentum then to even that out. I mean, we certainly have it now. <laughs> yes. Uh, does my tricorder give me any kind of assistance? Uh, no, it doesn't. There's not a science tricorder per se, so it's not like the engineering tricorder because the engineering tricorder is kind of broken like that. But uh... all right, one success, which means again three options. You can either spend determination and re-roll. You could accept the failure, or actually, no. There's only two options here. So. Well, you know what? Failure happens. So I think in this particular instance, I'm going to have to accept the failure. All right. So, yeah, I think what's going to happen then is I'm actually going to take two threat because you failed and I didn't need to introduce a complication. Yeah, Thestral, you scan the bundle of cloth in order to tell that it's fabric and that it's very old, perhaps on the order of centuries millennia you're not sure you can't get a solid carbon dating reading um nothing remarkable that's jumping out at you okay uh i got it it's cloth uh i just give a befuddled shrug to the captain and the rest of the uh the landing party i, I i'm not getting anything unusual is there any writing anywhere? Any any symbology, uh, syllables, carvings on any of the buildings? Now that you ask, yeah. It's like I said, it's similar to New York City where there's like street signs or what look to be street signs where there's little placards with symbols on them. So there's some signs on the buildings that are all in the alien language. Um, there's also in some of the clothing, you see that some of them have on like name tags or what could be construed as name tags. And some of them, um, you know, the, the bundles of cloth have like things written into what could be sleeves at some point. Um, but what I'll tell you is that these bundles Washed of cloth, cold, <laughs> press dry. Yeah. You know, it's, it's something that, you know. Should you know the ancient language of a washing machine, you would identify them very quickly. Hey, that's that's enough for me to get started, you know, uh, on my analysis. Uh, so I'll start I'll start doing a recording of these uh, of these symbols and uh, where they're where they're from, and uh, I'll even look at some of the shops or some of the you know even though the street signs are probably um, proper nouns, um, maybe there's some numbers included that I can try to discern. Potentially. Yeah. So I'll that's that's where I'm gonna start. And if there's any shops, I'll start with the shop signage too. All right. What are the rest of you doing? Um uh, Eddie would just oh go ahead. Oh, Sorry about that. I'm gonna more look around for a terminal or anything that there. Nope. Uh no terminal, no computer. Not even a, a uh, not even like a bus stop kind of terminal, which we have kind of a few places around here by me. Like there's very low technology. Like again, using New York City as an example, this is New York City in like the '60s or the '70s before it grew up, quote unquote. Okay. 
Um, Manetti's just gonna keep an eye out and kind of scan any of the the windows in the buildings, just on the off chance he might see someone peering out or anything like that. But mainly just keep an eye on our surroundings so that if anybody does show up, we know that they're there first. Kind of deal. <laughs> Go ahead and give me a reason security difficulty of one. All right. My reason is not the greatest, but my security is pretty decent. <laughs> um, All right, you get a momentum back. Um, so, Minetti, when you look in, say, a shop window, um, you see that the there are bundles of cloth inside the shops as well. Um, you're pretty sure that that might have been some form of a clothing store at some point because there's racks of these clothing on like metal hangers um you're also like looking at what could have been a butcher at one point but whatever was in those display cases has long since either evaporated or been moved away again bundles of cloth on either side of the container like you might expect a butcher to have stood or a customer to have stood but with two successes what i'm going to say is that you notice Something has changed in the fa- in the past few minutes as all of you are getting stock of the situation. Some of the bundles of cloth have moved. And when I say moved, I don't mean like they've jumped forward 20 feet and are now looming over you. I mean that some of them have shifted, as in they are laying in a different way, if that makes any sense. I will immediately uh, point that out to... The, the the landing party, but particularly Thestral as well. Um, it it definitely seems like like he points at a particular bundle. That's that's definitely moved since the last time I looked at it. It, it wasn't oriented like that when I passed through here a few moments ago. Interesting, I, Mr. Krell. Does the shuttle have any kind of way to? Um... Is there any kind of probe or something we could send out um, so we can get an, uh, aerial photographs of the uh, uh, of the layout of these of these of these bundles of cloth? Would it? It would. Would there? Yeah. Um. Alrighty. Uh, I'll have just been you know I on my tricorder uh, taking some passive scans. Uh, um, oh, um, well, there should be. Uh, it's got a basic, basic probe suite. We could uh, rig one to do a low fly, flyby of the city. I'd like to get a uh, info, uh, just photographs over time, so we can track the movements. I'm, I'm curious. Uh, is there any balconies, or are there like uh, uh, overpasses? Or anything we could climb up on, so we could, I, I could, I could get another view. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm, I'm so, I'm so thick. Um, I, could you work on that for me, Mr. Krell? I'm gonna do things a little more old school, um, and I'm going to hold on to Manetti's shoulder for a moment, and I'm going to transfer my senses to Opus and have Opus take flight. Um, I was waiting to see if you would stumble onto that. <laughs> And uh, and uh, have Opus do a uh, recce because I want. I'm curious if there's if they're communicating somehow through their movements. So, 
your bird, your service bird goes up. It looks at the area. Then you wait about a mm, couple minutes, maybe five, ten minutes. And it looks again. Those bundles of cloth are moving. And it's very subtle. Where before they were just sort of like standard bundles of cloth weren't oriented anywhere. It like dropped where they were. Now most of the bundles of cloth near you and near the shuttle have oriented themselves so that they are pointing at you all. Hmm. Uh, I'll I'll bring Opus back, and um, Captain, permission to use my telepathy to share some information with all of you. Just stares at you for a moment, thinking back to the last time you did this. <laughs> hey, I'm asking permission this time. Okay, that's oh, growth. Cool. <laughs> Well, let's see what you got then. Apologies, everyone. Uh, this might sting a tiny bit. And I'm going to project the images uh, of what Opus had seen over the last few minutes into everyone's heads. These things are pointing at us. All right. Okay, I think it's time that we uh, start looking for um, some type of uh, command building, command structure. Maybe we can see if uh, who's in charge here. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, if, if, if go it ahead. looks fairly analogous to old world Earth, I guess we start looking for a governmental building. What can Finetti and I glean from the architecture, given his behavioral analysis focus and my xenoanthropology focus? Well, uh, you can tell that they were humanoid of some kind. You can tell that they were more or less in the ballpark of about 5'5 five, five to 5'10 five, on average height. And you can also tell that they would have had a at least uh, one or two arms, potentially multiple, but... It's, it's one of those things where if you look at the way the architecture is designed and the way that um, some of the clothing is, you would be able to tell these things very easily. Um, but what I would say is that as you're looking at everything, you're looking around the environment, you are able to tell that if you are looking for a quote-unquote command building, the tallest buildings might be your go-to here. Especially because, again, underneath the tallest spire, uh, or above the tallest spire, is the Sabine locked in with tractor beams. Um, and actually, as you look up at that tallest spire and up at the Sabine, you do see that there's this tiny little beam of light that's connecting an antenna structure of the spire to the Sabine. I think that's our destination. Uh, let's make sure to give any um, dirty laundry some extra space. Does the la does the clothing look like it would fit us? Conceivably. 
Hmm. Captain, I'd like to try an outfit on. No. More compassionately, maybe? Right now, we don't know what's going to do, what intentions are. It could be hostile. It could maybe eat the one it's wearing. The fact that we don't see any remains could allude to, uh, well, food source. Just the, but you know what, Captain? Hey, I am more risk averse than most people. I am not a big fan, uh, but my curi- my scientific curiosity is at odds with that. And somehow these things are moving. Um, yeah. This cloth is moving, and I kind of, I don't know. Um, and my, my examination of the cloth, it didn't seem ripped or damaged or any way? Nope. Just looked like it's been here for a while. Hmm. Are the streets dusty? A little bit. Like enough for us to leave footprints and whatnot? More or less, yeah. Are there any other footprints? Nope. Other than ours? Nope. Can I do an analysis of the dust? What are you looking for? I want to see if there's... If it's a... a, if if it was it's dead skin cells or or some kind of uh, necrotic tissue. Mm. If you give me a momentum, I'll answer that question. Um, sure. Turns out that uh, whatever was once in those clothes is now dust, and that's how I'll phrase it. That and goes. I will, I will, I will brush my scant off, <laughs> my <laughs> uniform off, <laughs> just like, and and my knees <laughs> and my tights. <laughs> it's like, oh God, uh, uh, we're stepping in people. This is pretty grim. These are the remnants. This this uh, particulate matter that is that's on the ground is uh, the remains of uh, multiple organisms. And if that wasn't bad enough, I'm spending two threat to say that it's at that moment you all look around and you realize that all the bundles of clothing are now oriented towards you. And I don't mean just the ones on the street that you can see. The ones in the shops are now oriented towards you. The ones on the overpasses and the the uh, the buildings up in upper floors, all of the bundles of clothing are now pointed directly at you. And with that, we're going to take a five to ten minute break. We'll be back shortly, everybody. Stick around. And welcome back. If you're just joining us for session four, part two. The players have journeyed down to a city in a dome on a class-Y demon planet. And instead of being filled with people, the city has been filled with recycled air, strange bundles of clothing that operate on the Weeping Angels principle, and uh, dust that may have once belonged to the inhabitants of the city. 
And where we last left off, the bundles of clothing in the immediate area have all started pointing at the players away team at the current moment. As a reminder, the Sabine is locked in a tractor beam uh, above the tallest spire within the city, and the spire is emitting some form of a blue beam into the Sabine. But I think your most immediate worry is uh, the bundles of clothing that are, you know, obviously pointed at you at the moment. How far away are we from the shuttle? I mean, unless you strayed far, you're within medium range of it, close range of it. Would we have to bring some EVA suits by chance? We sure did, Cap. I didn't think we'd end up needing them, but uh, it's seeming awful dusty out here. So, might be a good idea, maybe. What do you all think? Don't have to tell me twice. And Manetti goes to start retrieving his EV suit. Yeah, I'll get I'll go get my EVA suit on too. Yeah, I have a very important question. Is anyone staying outside the shuttle while everybody is suiting up, or is everybody going in the shuttle to suit up? Probably a good idea to go in one at a time. I don't think I would have thought of that. So I would just go into the shuttle. Yeah, same. Okay, then it sounds like uh, you all go into the shuttle at the same time. So you all go well, in. I don't want to wait. I don't want to speak for Minetti because Minetti is our security guy. This so is true. He's the one who's going to be more paranoid. So if he wants to do watch outside the shuttle, I'm not going to say no to that. That's true, Minetti. Would you, would you have thought of it in character? Yeah, I mean, if if everybody goes into the shuttle, his first inclination would be, "Oh crap! I guess I got to wait outside now." <laughs> okay, then um, let's make that a roll. Uh, Minetti, you're going to give me a insight and a security. Uh, this okay. will be, you'll have a focus that applies here. I am going to tell you the difficulty will be three though. Ooh. Yikes. You do have five momentum though. So. How much would it be to get two extra dice? Uh, it would be three momentum. And you just got a momentum from chat, so you're up to six. Look at that. Are you guys okay with me spending the momentum on the chance mm -hmm. I get it back with untapped potential? <laughs> yeah, go for it. All right. Um, using focus. All right. Five wow. successes. Yeah, wow. you uh, you get to the, that momentum right back. Well done. Um, and then I need to do the challenge untapped die, potential. I think it is, for... Yep, it's a challenge okay. die. Just one of them. Hey, you're up to one six success. momentum. Very nice. You get all your momentum Boom. right back. So uh, what I'm going to say is that by the time the others return from suiting up, Minetti, you've kept an eagle eye on all the bundles of clothing. None of them have shifted as far as you can tell. So good news there. I just imagine Minetti standing outside the the, the shuttle with his hand hovering over his hand face they're like an old wild west gunslinger mm -hmm. Paul's gonna come out and look at Manetti he's like eh, 
outstand watch against the evil Balenciaga clothing. You can go get suited up now. All right. And Manetti will, will head in and he'll get suited up quick. Pop back out. All right. Well, since Manetti passed the check, none of the bundles of clothing have shifted away from where they once were. But uh, again, they are sort of just pointed at you very eerily. We're going to make our way to that spire. We're going to climb it as best we can. Hopefully there's stairs or an elevator. I really hope there's an elevator. <laughs> but, uh, first priority is to get aboard the Sabine and make sure everyone's okay. Yes, sir. Also, I would been around long enough to know how long it takes for a pair of bones to turn to dust. And it's a long, long time. Whatever happened here, it's not good. So what communicated with us then? Now, um, hopefully whatever's at the spire can answer that question. It's been automated could have been an artificial intelligence, or it could be a survivor. Given our past experience with that pathogen associated with the minerals, I'm not entirely unconvinced that it's it's just somewhere someone else that's communicating. It might it might be the dust. Um, it might also not be the dust, but. When you have rocks telling your friends to do things that they don't want to do, it kind of changes the way you think a little bit. Well, I don't think we brought ourselves a Dyson or a Hoover, so. He that just is looks also true. It's like, you might not know what those are. I certainly don't. Well, you are a never-ending source of jargon, Captain. I'm enjoying well, I try, it. I try to always have something to say. All right. Mm. So I have a very important question to ask. How are oh, you no. walking to the tallest spire? Are you, again, operating on the weeping angel principle where you're all looking at different directions? Are you just beelining for the spire as fast as possible? What's it look like? Well, how I'm walking is with two legs and a cane. Well, thank you, Captain Obvious. <laughs> um, yeah, taking a taking a precautious approach to the tower. So, keeping an eye on our surroundings. Having uh, does does the little bird have its own EVA suit, or is it inside your helmet, <laughs> Dustrel? Oh, I would love it if it had its own EVA suit, but I think then it's in my show it shall be done. It has its own little EVA suit. That's amazing. <laughs> Starfleet issue. It's probably like an anti-grav uh, hamster ball. That's yeah, what that it is. Sense. You know what? That you know what? That's exactly what it is. Now there you go. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I was picturing like a um, the Apollo, like the silver astronaut suit, but bird made. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> oh, with a little great. helmet visor. <laughs> oh. I don't know. I kind of like the hamster ball though. Me too, but boy, that's that would be a good backup. It would, yeah. 
All right. Well, with you all operating on the weeping angel principle of looking at all directions at all times as much as you can, um, I'm only going to require one of you, whoever feels the bravest, to roll me three challenge die. And you do not want to see effects on these. I am terrified. You know what? I vote Krell gets to roll that. You know what? I concur. (laughs) Krell, you are our lucky winner. Yeah, yeah, there we go. All right, there's one effect there. All right. So you get almost two-thirds of the way to the tallest spire. Again, walking down the streets, keeping an eye out, being vigilant. When all of a sudden uh, there is something tumbling down from above, and you hear it based on your uh, EV suit's uh, picked-up microphone, you see it before you, or you hear it before you see it, and as you look up, there is a bundle of clothing just on the wind, on the air, coming down from a balcony about four or five stories up. But it does look like it's going to land on one of you. And uh, I'm going to do the diplomatic thing here. I'm going to roll a 1d4. Uh, we're just going to go in order. One's the captain, two is Krell, etc., etc. Well, Minetti, captain. it seems you are our lucky winner. Uh, so Minetti offered to jump on it anyways. So that's, that's good. <laughs> yeah. So Minetti, uh, the clothing looks like it's going to hit you in the next couple of seconds. Do you let it hit you? Do you get out of the way? Can, uh, the, the captain's just going to shout out, look out parachute pants. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I have to dodge it then. Um, yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll like sidestep. Um, Probably like, I don't know, like a good three feet back. Um, not not like, he he doesn't want that the off chance that the breeze is going to slightly shift that it's going to touch him anyway. <laughs> so like a quick lead back type deal. Okay. So the bundle of clothing from above just kind of foofs onto the ground and does nothing else. It just sits on the ground. But... Not any roll required, because again, you guys are at six momentum right now. You all look up towards the balconies and places where more bundles of cloth could fall from. Against all the windows, uh, filling the balconies, more bundles of cloth. Again, pointed at you, because of course. Well, I think we should get a little quicker move on. Make sure we're looking up every now and then. I agree. Uh, I'm terrified right now. Uh, I mean, I've heard of aggressive fashion before, but I don't think this is what they were talking about. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Wow. It's okay. We're only going to string you along for a little bit longer on this thread. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Lying in the sand. No puns. Uh, <laughs> George to the left of me, bell bottoms to the right of me. Oh, my God. <laughs> and that's the episode, everybody. No. Um, so the good news is you only rolled the one effect here. So you are going to get to the, the, the lobby of this tallest spire. And it's like your standard, you know, 
big skyscraper atrium where there's a grand concierge desk. There's a bunch of elevators um, and even a fountain that's still working, apparently. Um, It's just kind of one of those random alien shapes that's vaguely like a crescent moon mixed with a grasshopper, if that makes any sense, Um, with the water coming out of the grasshopper's claws. Um, But again... No people, no life signs, bundles of cloth everywhere. And I guess also because I find it funny, there's also a staircase that leads up if you don't want to take the elevators. I mean, honestly, it might be safer to take the staircase. (laughs) Uh, Being trapped in an elevator when all of this is happening does not seem like a great thing to happen. Oh, stairs will definitely slow us down for a bit, though. Probably couldn't turn in the height of this building. That is true. I mean, I guess we just gotta choose whether we want the the long trip or we want to potentially deal with a close quarters situation. Captain, I feel like at least some of us. We should we should maximize our efforts so that some of us get there in the event that uh, we're waylaid. Maybe we should split into teams of two. You could take the stairs, Thestral, since you're the runner, and I could take the elevator since this quarter is kind of what I'm good at. Agreed. Thestral and Krell, how about you take the stairs, and me and Minetti will take the elevator. Aye, aye. I'll just double check our comms to make sure they're working between each other on the EV suits. Yeah, between EV suits works just fine. And meanwhile, Manetti's just like muttering to himself. I swear if I get strangled by parachute pants today, I swear. <laughs> if you get strangled, it'll probably be a turtleneck. Oh my god. Colonel next do seem the type, sir. L, you made a you made this possible. I did. I have to I have to live with it. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll slap uh, Krell on the shoulder. Come on, Mister Krell, let's make your uh, regatta family proud. Let's race <laughs> to the top. Uh, I opt for a brisk walking pace. Very good, sir. <laughs> All right, well, uh, we'll do with Thestral and Krell in a moment, but uh, between Minetti and Cullen, I have a very important question. Who's going to push the elevator up button? I'll poke it with my cane. Okay. It illuminates. You wait about a minute. It de-illuminates and dings. The elevator doors open, and out tumbles a bunch of clothing. Oh, no. Since I poked with my cane, could it be assumed that we stepped back to yeah. have some uh, space? Yeah, yeah, it didn't tumble onto you. Just the doors open, and it's like there was just a lot of clothing piled in the elevator that just now fell out of it. Hmm. I'm just going to use my cane to pull the clothing further out of the elevator. Okay. What is your cane made out of? Uh, it is old fossilized wood. Okay. 
Ooh, Nothing fancy. happens to the cane. You're able to move uh, as much clothing as you wish with your cane. Right. I'll uh, make sure the <laughs> I'll poke inside. Make sure there's no socks hidden anywhere. It's like it's a dryer. That's one sock off in a corner or something like that. There, I'll uh, step inside and keep an eye on the clothing. Then motion for Manetti to join. Manetti will uh, will make his way into the elevator. Very, very. I guess not. Not afraid isn't the correct word, but <laughs> afraid of the clothes. <laughs> like he's he's he seems like a, if at any moment a sock were thrown at him, he might scream like a little girl. <laughs> the GM will remember this. <laughs> Captain thinks for a circle. Like you know what? I have an idea. Old Earth. Uh, appliances, dryers, washers. You'd toss in a anti-static sheet into the dryer when you put your clothing in there. You know why? Prevents the clothing from clinging. Maybe uh, we find our ways to I don't know, tinker with our EV suits, make them a little anti-staticy. It seems something theoretically possible, uh, not quite something that I, I am capable of, sir. But perhaps if we get Crow on the line, he might be able to walk us through it. Yeah. Uh, Colin to Crow, you there? Yes, Captain. I got a silly little idea here for you. Shoot, I'm always for silly ideas. We're going to try and see if we can tinker with the AVA suits to make ourselves um, have a static discharge. Anti-static, so we're uh, less clingy for the clothing. The only downside is we won't smell mountain fresh. <laughs> hmm. Let's see. Well, there's a couple ways you could do that. We want to have... We want to do it pretty quickly. Uh, try initiating an electrostatic polarization of the titanium mesh embedded within the EVA suits. Okay, sounds good. We'll give that a try. All right. Well, the way we're going to represent this is Krell, if you want to give me a presence and an engineering. Uh, difficulty of two on this, and this will represent you leading everybody through the process. Uh, let me just double check your focuses here. Probably improvisation. Uh, improvisation, yeah. <laughs> Two successes. All right, so everybody, if you follow uh, Krell's instructions, you now have uh, an anti-static EV suit, which is great on the outside. Inside, your, you know, your your uniform probably not is, the most comfortable thing. Yeah, it's it's not the it's not the most pleasant of things. But uh, hey, you've got a little little barrier against falling clothing, so that's nice. We'll call this the bounce effect. How about that? Colin. I did this to myself. You You did. You did. I thought there's no way that we would devolve into clothing puns, and now here we are. All right. um, So... Colin and Manetti are in the elevator. It starts going up. You push the highest button and you start going up. 
Um, for Krell and Thestral, are you guys legitimately racing to the top, or are you just going up at a at a brisk pace? Oh no, I'm... I have a fitness of seven and a security of two. I am. I was being serious when I said I will take a do it a, a brisk but a manageable walk. Okay. I am going at a polite pace to keep up with uh, uh, with Mr. Krell. Okay. Well, we had Krell roll this last time, so it's now Thestral's honor. Thestral, three challenge dice, please. Three challenge dice. Okay. I don't remember how to do this. Oh, uh, perform, perform challenge. challenge on your sheet. Got it. A three. Thank you. Okay. Actually, that's good. No effects. So, uh, Krell and Thestral, the good news is that you aren't waylaid by any clothing. And in fact, there's no clothing in the stairwell at all. Um, the bad news is that it's something like 70 to 80, fl 80 flights. So I oh, hope God. you get your cardio in uh, for this moment because even, you know, Thestral, you know, CrossFit Thestral, as I like to call him, uh, you know, even by the time you get to the top, just, you're a little winded. Just, just, just a little. Just, just, I, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no CrossFit. That's no. I mean, of course, I have no control, but okay. <laughs> I object. Um, but but it is leg day, so yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. But no, like you, and it's interesting because Thestral and Krell, you open up the stairwell door just as the same time that Cullen and Minetti, the elevator doors open. Apparently it was a very slow elevator. Um, and what you see is that the floor opens up to what looks to be almost like a mad scientist laboratory where there's all manner of workbenches and bits of metal strewn about with tools just everywhere. Um, the floor itself is an additional three stories, but it's not like layered three. Well, I guess it is layered three stories where there's a spiral staircase that goes to the second and third floors, but it's all open where you can see easily to the floors above and the floors below. Um, and you also see that there's a bunch of what appear to be some form of a computer terminal or some form of an interface. And there's also the stereotypical discharges of electricity here and there. Um, but on one of the screens, and I should say that the walls are lined with screens, at least the walls that don't look out of a window. Um, the screens on the walls all seem to be showing the same symbol. Ancestral. If you would care to roll me a reason and a science, please. Uh, this was going to be at a difficulty four, but since you are the communications officer, it will be lowered to a three. That makes me so happy. And do I get to use linguistics as a focus? You definitely do. Yes. Um, and I will... Can I spend how many? What are? Uh, sorry, I have too many screens open up here. Oh, you've got full uh, six spend, momentum at the moment. May I spend three momentum to get two additional die? Sure. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I will spend. Uh, so I get four die total. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, all right. I'm going to try this. Let's see how it goes. Oh well. no. I have good news and I have bad news. The good news is that you're going to pass. The bad news is that there's going to be a complication. So, 
The good news is that you are able to translate the symbol. The symbol basically translates to SOS. Very simple. Um, the complication is going to be that there's a fluttering and a uh, bundle of clothing is going to fall on you, Thestral. But you do have the electric static bounce field. So how do I want to do this? Roll me two challenge die. If you roll an effect, you get clothed. Which is the weirdest <laughs> thing I've had to say recently. <laughs> yeah. All right. Fair. You could get are you saying you could get clothed line? Oh no. Well, that that is an effect. So here's what happens is everybody looks up and you know sees this happening, but not enough time to react. A literal bathrobe falls onto Thestral. And immediately the sleeves wrap around where your neck is and tries to pull taut like it's trying to choke you. And the robe itself flutters against your body as if it's trying to, like, hit you with something inside. But for everybody else, this is actually slightly comical because it's doing nothing to Thestral because he's in an EV suit. But to everybody else, you know, if he wasn't in an EV suit, this might have been not so funny, if you get what I mean. I'm being smothered by clothing. And I, uh, can I switch my phaser, my hand phaser to a, a short range cutting beam and just like cut, <laughs> cut the, the bathrobe free. We're going to make a roll of it. Cause I want to see if I can get some threat here. Uh, see if I poke a hole in the EV suit. At, you know, it would be tradition it, at this point. It would be tradition, uh, control and security difficulty of two. Okay. You have hand phasers as a focus. I do. You guys okay with me using one momentum? Sure, sure. All right, down to two. Well, there's uh, three successes. I mean, you get the momentum right back. Yeah, you can do whatever you want with that phaser. All right. I'm, I'm just going to like... Just, just slice through the of the, or I guess enough of it that it, it isn't able to wrap around the EV suit anymore. Um, is it strong? Like when I when I interact with it, like is it like as strong as a person, or is it just like strong just as a Vulcan cloth? Oh, no, this, geez. this is Vulcan strength. And then uh, no success for my uh, untapped potential. Yeah. But no, I mean, uh, since you've got your face, you're able to cut away the uh, the Vulcan strength bathrobe. And eventually, when you reduce it to small enough slices, it stops moving and twitching. Um, but yeah, that, uh, that definitely just happened. Uh, it's been a while ride. since I've had to wrestle with something like that. Probably not since martial arts training back at the academy. You, you wait uh, a minute. I, I need to unpack that. You've you've wrestled with a bathrobe in the past. Is that what Vulcan. you're telling me right now? Oh, a Vulcan. That's very different. <laughs> yeah. I... <laughs> In my in my attempt to to be an exemplary security officer, I tried to learn Vulcan martial arts, but it's 
it's not quite meant for human physicality. How did that go? On a scale of one to ten, how embarrassed were you? I mean, embarrassed? Maybe a five. Impressed? A ten, for sure. Yeah, you have nothing to be embarrassed about. I think that takes a lot of courage to throw yourself at a Vulcan. But whatever is animating these clothes, it's strong. Yeah, I I know I know I've wanted to take a spa vacation for a while, but um you know, I think I'm going to be a little triggered by uh by fluffy bathrobes now. Do we have open comms again? Sure, who are you trying to contact? Well, no, I mean, like, were, like, were we hearing this, like, because uh, comms were mentioned when we got into the elevators. Like, I'm just wondering if comms were open, so we just heard all of this. Yeah, unless no, nobody said any otherwise, so I just assumed everybody heard what just happened. Colin's just gonna look to Manetti and just give him just shit-eating grin. <laughs> He's like, you know, I really think these clothing could uh, seek some hangar management. It is in vogue. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> let's let's reminder, see what there we are can... screens with the SOS symbol. Yeah, let's see what we can find out from these interfaces before we're assaulted by more laundry. Yes, please. Captain, um so before Ooh. the embarrassing and humiliating incident that just happened, um I was able to translate the signal that's coming across these screens, and it's a standard distress call. Federation or other? Uh, good question. I'm assuming it's alien. It's the alien, yeah. How it's long alien. has it been repeating? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, let me let me take a look. Uh, Mr. Krell, could you help me... Um, possibly uh, figure out some of these? Could we collaborate and try to figure out how these uh, controls work? Probably just be easiest if we route it through our tricorders instead of trying to decipher an alien con system. Way to spoil the vibe, Mr. Krell, but you're right. Okay. (laughs) So I will uh, try and do that with my engineering tricorder. Probably in heart, connect it, connect via hard connection like a wire wire like or something line, yeah yeah okay. yeah yeah and uh then if possible i'll at least replicate uh the interface on the other tricorders wirelessly if possible if not then i'll just do it with mine okay um, I would say since yours is an engineering tricorder and there's only one of those that you have, it's hard to replicate that on the standard tricorders, but this will be a daring engineering. Uh, you will have a focus in improvisation and computers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the difficulty on this is going to be a five though. Alrighty. And Thestral, huh. your assist is going to be a insight and science for your assist. Great. But Krell, looking at your sheet, as a reminder, you do have two determinations, so you could spend one of them to start off with two free successes. I do that by invoking a value, correct? Correct. 
Uh, probably I can't resist a good mystery slash puzzle. Okay, yeah, that would definitely apply. Yeah. Um, well, Thestal see, just uh, got you another two, so all you have to do is roll two dice and get one success. Or if you want to spend momentum to get more dice. Yeah, I'll spend a momentum. Okay, it yeah, would be two momentum uh, because it's right. your third die, but you're rolling three and make sure you hit uh, using determination and perform task when it pops up that bubble. Okay, so that's a grand total of six successes, which means you get a momentum back, bringing you to two. And uh, Krell and Thestral, mostly Actually, Krell. Before that, oh. I want to trigger my cautious engineering to try and crit, crit fish. fish. Okay, yeah. Yeah, go for it. So if you, I'm just going to be rolling, re-rolling the 19. Okay. Uh, do I cl still? Would I still click use determination value? No, nah, that time you would click off. Yeah, yeah, okay. But still use fo using focus, correct? Correct. All right. Okay, so it's up to seven. So you actually get up to three momentum. So, Krell, you're going to realize this a little bit quicker than Thestral because it's your engineering tricorder, but you both realize this at more or less the same time. This SOS signal is obviously from the aliens, but it's not what you were expecting. Like, this was a settlement that got attacked. This entire dome is some form of a colony ship that was meant for something else. And you're not able to get a pure translation that makes sense. But you do get the vibe that something hit the colony ship and forced it to land here. And things were okay for a time. But then something changed with the people inside and you're not able to figure out based on the alien language what change means in this context but judging by the fact that there's apparently vulcan strength clothing all over the place i'm gonna let your imaginations fill in the gaps but the sos signal is uh what is more or less operating the portal arches and it's what's operating the tractor beams and the emergency data beam that's flowing into the Sabine at the moment. Any way to figure out what that data beam is? Any like what it's what it's uh transmitting? If you spend a momentum, I will answer that question. Sure. Alright. So it is actually transmitting the entire history, or at least the entire known history that is in the alien databanks of the alien culture. Like it is doing a full database dump into the Sabine. Oh, jealous. <laughs> um, all righty. Uh, how much control over the system do I have? Is it like kind of locked down on automation or do I have some uh, uh, some control with my uh, engineering kit? If you spend two momentum to create the advantage, you will have control. Uh, yeah, I'm going to do that. Okie dokie. Um... Yeah, at this point. So where where's um the captain and, and Minetti? Same floor as you, unless they wandered off. Okay, but not in the same immediate area, or 
like what Again, I had to call that call. Yeah, I mean we're we're probably like five, ten feet away. Okay, okay. So, yeah, I just wanted to make sure. Um all right, yeah, so having uh jury rigged a control system to interface with the uh computer system, I'm uh gonna look over to the captain and say, uh captain, I have some basic level of control and I think I could I could likely remove the tethers that are holding the Sabine in place. Establish communication with the all. And I'll I'll try I'll try, sir. And I'll try and establish communications with the Sabine. Moments later, a familiar voice, Commander Weatherson, and says, This is Commander Weatherson. Uh, who are you? We're getting a Starfleet signal. Is is that you, the Aristotle? How did you get here? I'm going to patch, patch uh, that into the rest of the EV suits. Well, I got here the old-fashioned way. Adventuring. Well, whatever you are doing here, it, I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouth. Uh, we've been stuck here in this dome for the past... 36 hours and it's been attempting to assault our computers with some form of an alien virus best we can tell we've resisted it so far but this is it's looking pretty dire here on here on the sabine let's go look back to Krellick. is it a virus or is it a transmission it looks like a transmission, a, a simple data, well, not a simple, uh, a highly compressed transmission. Um, the Sabine systems might be having trouble, for lack of a better word, ingesting all of it. Uh, it has a, a metaphorical stomach ache. As far as we can tell, it's actually a transmission of information, just alien origin. Alien in origin. You, so, we weren't detecting any life signs out there. Are you saying that this is the record of an alien culture? Potentially. As for life signs, we have confirmed that there is no one living on this dome, but uh, apparently there is some uh, sentient um, articles of clothing. Sorry, say again. Sentient clothing? Yeah, you heard that right. We're still figuring it out here. Okay, well, uh, if you are able to free us in any way, we can get out of here. I, I don't know how you got in or out, but we're happy to give you a ride if that's possible. That'd be good. Uh, let's say, though, if you can partition a section of your computer core to allow this download to proceed, this might be the last bit of information of whoever these people were. That's probably why you're here, is to accept it. Alright, Cullen, one of your bread and butter tasks. I need a presence and a command. You have a focus. You have actually multiple focuses here. Uh, this is going to be a difficulty of three. I will spend uh, a momentum to get a third dice. And you know what? Yeah, we'll do that. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I can oh. offer you a success with a complication. Uh, I didn't en enable focus. That should have been 
Oh, yeah, you have a command of four, so that would have been three. So you do get three successes, but oh, look, chat just redeemed a complication. So this is going to happen. Um, Weatherson's going to be like, all right, uh, on your order, sir, I'll reserve a partition of the computer banks. One moment. And then, Krell, I have to ask, do you disable the tractor beams? I'm going to look at the captain and say, Captain, tractor beams, should I disable them? Let's. Are they tied to that uh, transmission? It seems to be a similar, similar technology that's being implemented, but they see. I believe they're discrete systems. Uh, let's leave it for now. Aye, aye, Once sir. the download complete, then we'll disengage. So the complication and, uh, is going to be that as you say all this, there's a thudding and it's coming from the other elevators that you didn't take up here. And you again hear a ding and the elevator doors open and bundles of clothing drop out onto the floor. I'm going to look to Manetti and just to say, be careful, especially if they're military grade. Manetti, uh, like he 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 starts to get into a, a bit of a combat stance, his martial arts stance, and then he like he looks at his hand. He's like, "What the hell am I doing?" <laughs> but he'll go ahead and hold his stance in case any of the clothes decide to come after somebody. Is there any way to are use there the windows? One? There are windows. Would you like to look out of them? <laughs> We're going to see a giant kaiju of clothing. <laughs> no, but if you do look out of them, you see that the clothing from the street are starting to amass and crawl up the side of the building. Oh, okay. So I, I'm just trying to picture. Um, if we're in a square room mm-hmm. and we're looking at the west and east side walls, are there windows on both sides? There are. And we're really high up? Yep. So there should be a really strong airflow. Potentially. We could blow all the sweaters out of here and make them cardigans. Oh my god. <laughs> Is there anything around that we can maglock our boots to? Uh, that spiral staircase, yeah. It's not a half bad idea. I think we should give it to him just so he can say cardigans, honestly. <laughs> so I'm if just... we do have a way to stay safe, um, how far away is the spiral stairs from the computer? Enough that you'd be out of reach. What if one person was on the spiral stairs, mag locked on? Mm-hmm. And then they we daisy chained each other. That might work. There might arms. be a little bit of a comical lift to the line, but it would work. Okay. How how do you guys feel about that? You're the captain. Right. So many mixed emotions, Captain. <laughs> so many. Bro, you're gonna be the one manning the station. I figured. Me and Thess will be the middle links and Manetti. 
You're going to be the anchor. Yes, sir. All right. My next question. How are you opening the windows? Are you phasering them open? Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. So uh, you form a daisy chain. You pull out your phasers. You open fire on the windows. And sure enough, even in this contained environment, there is enough of an airflow up this high that the bundles of clothing go whipping out in into the void, uh, as it were. And... There is, again, a comical lifting as the daisy chain lifts up in the air a little bit. But as long as you maintain your grip on each other, you don't fall out of the building. And you don't uh, run the risk of cutting the line to the computer system that you are currently connected to hardwired. Um, but what I would say is that as the data transmission completes and the beam connecting the spire to the Sabim ends... Um, the clothing that were on the outside of the building are beginning to filter in, um, even despite the additional wind. And you get a transmission from the Sabine, from Weatherson. He says, uh, the transmission is stopped, sir. Uh, are you going to be okay? Do you need us to beam you out of there? Or? Has the uh, tractor beams ended? Not yet. You have yet to push the button on that. Moment we get those tractor beams down, we're going to need the emergency beam up for four. Aye, sir. Beam out for four. Standing by. I have my hand waving over the disengage button, waiting for my signal. And I grab Opus. I make sure I have Opus. I'm holding on Opus. Sorry, say again, Threshold. I had a jet fly overhead. Oh, no problem. I'm just saying that I have uh, I have tethered uh, Opus to my EV suit. Okay. Yeah, he'll, they'll come along. Don't worry. Okay. Captain? All right. On your mark there, Krell. All right. Disengaging tractors in three, two, and one. Click. All right. So three things happen at once. Uh, the tractor beams disengage. The clothing that have clambered in through the window lunge at you. You all beam away onto the Sabine. And then we see a shot of the Sabine uh, flying out of the dome. And then joining the Aristotle in orbit. And we're going to skip ahead maybe about five, ten minutes after you've had time to... Join Commander Weatherson on the bridge of the Sabine or in the ready room or the conference room, whichever you'd prefer at this point. And you've filled, it, filled Weatherson in best you can. And Weatherson's just like, all right, this is the strangest thing I've ever heard. But uh, what what do you think we should do, Ca Captain Cullen? I mean, uh, you are the ranking officer here. Uh, should we quarantine the planet? Should we destroy the colony ship? What, what do you think is prudent, sir? Well, I mean, first, it does let's have, from, I mean, it does have the portal ability, which inexplicably drew us here. Yeah, well, first, let's look at the information of what happened to the colonists. Apparently, this was their history, so maybe they left something of what happened and transpired. And if it was a irreversible fate, then quarantine the planet. Uh, we might have to set up dampeners. 
against their ability, but hopefully the uh, the intention was just to get someone with an SOS to save whatever information they could with their kind. Captain, I hate to say it, but we might want to destroy the Play-Doh, too, so they don't get off the planet. I can't believe well, that I'm saying true. that out loud. Unfortunately, that's inside the dome. If you can get me communication with the Play-Doh, I'm pretty sure I can wreak enough havoc with the phaser bank that it'll self-destruct. I could try to send Very that well. You guys work on that. Try and get it to be uh, becoming operable. Well, uh, the fine crew here take a look over that uh, data they downloaded. And because I like leaving an open mystery, that's where we're going to end today's session. And I'll let your imagination fill in the blanks. But yeah, nice. uh, oh, what'd you sweet. guys think? I tried to do something a little bit spooky because, you know, Halloween coming up. I thought, why not? <laughs> before before the camera pans away, the captain's just going to look at the commander like, well, I've exhausted all my puns today, so I need to go back to the fabric store to get some more. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, before I take any more psychic damage, <laughs> uh, I do want to thank everybody for a uh, wonderful session back. It was a pleasure, you know, getting back to all this. Um, unless we have any random issues or somebody has a scheduling concern, we will be back next week, October 23rd, and then the 30th, and then et cetera, et cetera. And we'll just sort of see what scheduling shakes out. But uh, until next time, YouTube, this is where we say goodbye. But Twitch, stick around because we're going to raise the image. But YouTube, we'll see you later. Bye-bye.